0: Greetings friends, it's so good for me to come and minister to you today. I'm very excited about the message that I'm going to bring to you today. I'm going to talk about grace upon grace, what that means. We're going to read our, I mean, our scripture reading is going to be from John chapter 1 verse 12 to 17. We're going to just look at what John was bringing when he was saying, you know, we have received grace upon grace. Uh, and it, it, it's such an abundance of grace. It's such a great thing to know that we can live by the grace of God and not the law of Moses. You know, the law was God, was given by Moses, a mortal man, but grace came by the immortal jesus christ and i mean i just trust this message is going to bless you i've just preached it in afrikaans and now i'm going to preach in english and it excites me it blesses me it brings peace into the here and now this message is going to have a lot of practical implication on on how we should think today and what a renewed mind is and so forth Okay a little bit of background on John here. When John was written, John was written a long time after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So John already understood what the resurrection was about and although the uh, the letter is written in a way, and also a lot of the other uh, gospels is written as if it's telling the story of Jesus in the same way as what is telling the story. It is actually telling the story of what the resurrection means and who Jesus is. And we need to read the uh, conclusion of the resurrection and Jesus Lord into all these passages. And that is what we're going to do. Now, John starts out and he explains in chapter one that there was a promise which was before the world began. The whole world was created with this promise in mind. Everything was uh, formed by this promise. It would be something like, uh, you know, I I promise I've got a big promise that I've made my son that he will, you know, I will give him a, a successful business and then you will find that Everything that was created in order to bring that forth was basically created by that promise. Because that promise was made, a lot of things was created by that promise. In the very same way, everything that was created was created by this word, the word of God promising us eternal life, which turned out to be the resurrected Jesus Christ, the the word that became flesh, this message that came and dwelt, tabernacled amongst us okay it starts out by saying that there was a promise this promise then became flesh this promise was prophesied by the jewish people but the jewish people who talked about this promise who prophesied about this promise to whom god spoke to about this promise for many years who was supposed to be the carriers of the promise to the gentiles they did not accept Jesus. They didn't accept him. Now, the focus was not on how they did not accept him, although that was, makes an, plays an important part in, uh, in the whole letter. But he came and he explained what takes place when Jesus is accepted. He says here, but as many as received him. As many as received Jesus, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, that word received there, I'm going to quickly just read it to you um, in in the uh, Greek here. That word received there, lambano, this is what it means. I've said it many times, but let us just get back to that again. It means to take in the very applications, literally or figuratively, to get a hold of and to apply, to take with a hand, to lay hold of any person or a thing in order to use it, to take up a thing, to be carried, to take upon oneself. In other words, what he says here is, when they, when you lambano, Jesus You basically say, I take him upon me to carry him. That means, what you would take, anything that you want to carry, you don't take it to put it down. You take it as if you're going to be with us now for a while. In the very same way, it says here that as many as have received Jesus, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Now, this is... A massive statement made in those times you need to understand that the um, Greeks of that time and their beliefs and how all of that was spilled over into the Roman Empire and everything that was going along with that when they were talking about the gods they believed in these immortals that lived in the heavens and if you would then become a son of a god you are basically declaring yourself then higher than any of the rulers of the earth. That is a political influence that you would have had. It is a political statement. You would basically say that because you must remember that um, Augustus was believed that he became a god. Uh, the, the Caesars, they, they were believed that when they died, they became gods and sons of gods. That's what they believed. And now, here you come and you say that, should you believe in Jesus, you have the right to now become a son of a God. Now, that is something um, inside the understanding of the beliefs of that time. So he who has then grabbed a hold of Jesus. With a purpose to make use of him, he has received the power, the exousia, the authority to find his own life being born of God, to become a son of God. These are those who believe on his name. Now, what does that, excuse me, what does that mean? That means, if you go and read in Acts chapter 2, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Peter comes and he says, I want to tell you guys what happened. I just want to tell you, you Jews, what happened here. What is done now, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, is Jesus, who has now poured out the Holy Spirit, the one whom you murdered. That's what he said. You killed him. But God raised the one whom you killed from the dead and he then placed him at the right hand of God and he is alive bodily and he is now actively busy ministering in the world right now and he is pouring out the spirit of life on flesh and that has got a certain implication. He is bringing his life, his rulership, his kingdom into manifestation in this earth and then he goes and he basically tells them go and be baptized in his name what that would mean is go and declare that he is lord he says peter preach and he says to them be it known to you that he has made this jesus that was raised from the dead both messiah and lord what that means is uh, a very very powerful saying something that is not very spiritual but very uh, that pertains to the physical things of this world he says let me tell you that this jesus who was raised from the dead is greater than caesar in this earth and he is the Jewish Messiah, which is the one which was to believe to deliver people from all the rulership of Rome and everybody that was oppressing the Jews. He's the one. In other words, he's greater than all these powers. He's got more of an influence in this physical world than any of those people. He's greater than Herod, he's greater than Caesar, he's greater than any of those things. That is a powerful, powerful statement. I tell you, if we preach the gospel today, the way it was preached back then, we will be in as much trouble as what they were then. But I think we have a gospel that is not completely Uh, focus towards the grace of God and what the grace of God is but a gospel that is so many times focused just on how am I going to get through the day a gospel that's so much focused on um, you know on what I must do for God the works of the law my holiness my righteousness and uh, you know and and what I do for God every day and am I going to make it to heaven The gospel of Jesus Christ, church, is not the message on how you're going to make it to heaven one day. The gospel is the good news of the amalgamation or the kingdom of God taking over the earth by people believing upon Jesus as Lord. Back then they were saying Caesar is Lord, but now John came and Peter came and these people and they said that Jesus is Lord and he is the Christ. If Jesus was made Lord and Christ, he was, the the Jews were waiting for a Christ that will be the ruler of the whole world and deliverer of Israel, implementing that which God had for the world, and then the uh, non-Jews—they were the Romans. They believed in the uh, the Lord. That was their word for ruler, or uh, Jews also believed in a king. You know, so here we find Jesus is this now. Jesus is this. He is the one, and if you believe in him, he will pour out his spirit on your flesh and circumcise your flesh from the fruit of the flesh and bring in things like love and contentment and peace and joy and all those kind of things to people's lives and so he will govern in this world bringing life to people and then in the end he will preserve the world and every person forever through this power that he's pouring out by jesus christ so it says here but as many as received him received him i mean i can't i don't think i can emphasize enough received him doesn't mean just say i accept that he's an historic figure that did die and was raised no received him means I grab a hold of his rulership and I now carry that. I say, I take what he has come to do upon my life. I say, he is Lord of this earth. His kingdom is now here. I'm under the jurisdiction of his kingdom. I'm being governed by his love. I'm being governed by how much he cares for me, how much he loves me, how he preserves. I'm not governed by my own willpower anymore. I'm not governed by ethnicity anymore. The reference I make to myself and who and what I am and what I am uh, uh designed for is the resurrected Jesus it is not found in the things of this world or the governments of this world or any of that I have now I am now a soldier of Christ or what Paul uses that he says listen once you've become a soldier in a certain uh, uh, under a certain power you cannot be entangled again with the affairs of the world anymore you're not in in any of that so when we are now under the power of the kingdom of god we are not entangled anymore with the affairs of this world we are now as christians standing under how loved we are by god how cared for we are by god how he is the source of a new life for us how he brings abundance of joy and peace for us how he is the one that cares for us glory to god how he by his power works things out and brings life to us where we can rest we can enter into his rest a king just very interestingly a king rested after he's conquered the enemy and his rulership has is now taking over In other words, if we took a look back at colonialism, if a country would come and take over another country by the sword, and they've now conquered the enemy, although there might still be some people that's against it, once they've conquered, you'll find that the king has now entered into his rest. He's resting from the battle because he is now, he's conquered and After the conquering, it's not as if the king does not do anything. He then actively goes and establishes his rule inside his rest from battle. So he's not in a battle anymore. He's resting now. I am now, we are now believing in God and we are entering into his rest. That means him not in a battle anymore, but establishing that which he wanted to establish in our lives. So when we rest in Jesus is when we are saying whatever I need for life and godliness is in Jesus and only in Jesus. Hallelujah. That makes me so, so happy. I'm so grateful for that. Uh, I'm so flooded with joy when I realize that the only reference point I have about my life and your life is the resurrected Jesus. When I look at your life and I see your life is not in the order wherein God brings it, which is to believe upon Jesus, then I will come and I will preach and say and I will encourage Or the big English word there is beseech you. (laughs) Beseech means to encourage or comfort. When you see somebody's life being is now based on works or whatever, you need to come and comfort him with the message of how God has come and he has brought Jesus and get that person to receive Christ for who he is and how effective he works in this world do you know that the scripture says that those who believe upon jesus they will inherit the earth the meek those who accept jesus we shall inherit the whole earth it doesn't say we will fight for the earth doesn't say we will be in battle for the earth it says that we shall inherit this whole earth that is our inheritance we'll inherit the fullness of the godhead plus the whole earth that will be the place of our influence and as we see now we don't see everything yet manifesting in that way and we're not now fighting for it we are just saying jesus is doing his thing i just believe and i have a life born from him in this world wherein i love and i care and i i just see him me. that's how it works So he says, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to have their very life born from God as the source. These are those who don't owe their birth to blood or the will of the flesh or the will of a man. Can you see here? The life that he gives us is not born from our willpower. It's neither born from ethnicity. It's not found in promises made to Jews only. It's not in that. It is not found in 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 what people group you are. It is found in God. Bringing life to us, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth okay now listen to this this is where it becomes so beautiful he says that they as john and them they beheld the glory of god in jesus what was that i believe that John can refer to the vision he saw on the mountain when Jesus was glorified there, uh, talking about him bodily being glorified, which actually took place later on in his resurrection and ascension. These people, they saw the resurrected Christ. That's what they saw. They saw the resurrected Christ. They also saw him ascending on high, seated at the right hand of the Father. These people also, uh, you know, testified about people like Stephen who said, I see um, the son of man seated at the right hand of God. That's the glory he's talking about. And when he says that he came and dwelt amongst us, he's talking about the word of life becoming a human and now as a human being glorified. That's what he's talking about. From this, he says, we, be, we beheld uh, his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay. So when you behold the resurrected Jesus, you and you see that he's full of grace, what does that mean? Jesus is full of grace. What does that mean? He says, we beheld the glory of the Father, full of grace and truth. So he says, Jesus the resurrected, was full of grace, not full of the law, not full of works righteousness, not full of all those things, full of grace and truth. In other words, full of grace and then truthfulness, what God truly had in mind from the beginning, that, is, that which is real. We can go and read in Colossians. This is, Colossians explains this from verse 8 let's read verse 9 for in him dwells all the fullness of the godhead bodily okay so what is the and we beheld the grace of god his fullness he was full of grace what is this fullness it's the fullness of the godhead the fullness of god so when jesus when they say we beheld his fullness he was filled with grace what this grace is is the fullness of god we beheld jesus full of god bodily that is what he what he was beholding and being bodily full of god was called grace grace so very important point let me stretch this a little bit jesus was raised from the dead and then uh, uh, it says in john 1 12 and we and he came and dwelt among us and we saw his fullness and we received of his fullness we saw his fullness the fullness of jesus was grace and truth true reality He was full of grace. His fullness was grace. What was his fullness? God himself. So the grace that they saw in Jesus was to see the fullness of God bodily in a human. So God graced Jesus by raising him from the dead and then manifesting the fullness of God bodily in Jesus. I need to just quickly go to Hebrews here. I'm going to try and translate this from the Afrikaans direct translation. So I'm going to try and have a direct English translation from the Afrikaans direct translation from the Greek. Okay. It says this way. Um, In the old times, God spoke in different ways to people in different times. But in these last times, he's spoken to us through his son. Him he has appointed as the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the express image or the radiation of God's glory, the very manifestation of his being, of regards to the ever the very express image of his very being. So when the the, the grace of God defined by John is the very being of God bodily in Jesus. It is God becoming flesh. The fullness of God manifested in human body to forever be like that. That is called the grace of God, according to John. So he says, as many as received him. As many as received this Jesus, who bodily has the fullness of God to them he they received the authority to have the fullness of God that was born in Jesus bodily, starting to give birth to a new flesh taking place born in them by God. <laughs> oh my goodness, this makes me happy, man, this makes me happy, this makes, now, just for South Africans watching this, I know we have a lot of South Africans, more and more, I'm so happy for this South Africans watching these messages, Um, you know, I I think we were, I was always like 80% American, uh, but now, um, and now we're going to 50-50, getting more viewers from Africa and South Africa. When we, and this will be so applicable to us, when we look at the right we have to have a bodily rebirth wherein the fullness of God is, gives then birth to our bodies so that our bodies can now have, be the carriers of the fullness of God. We don't have to relate to ourselves anymore according to the political agendas of people, especially in South Africa, wherein the whole thing is built on race. <laughs> we are free. We are free. For the truth about the matter is found in the resurrected Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. oh this is good news man this is absolutely good 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 news this is man, i would say this is the only good news that truly matters okay let's let's go back again for in him dwells all the fullness of the godhead bodily let's go back to um John 1 and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory. Now, this is talking about the resurrected Jesus, not the, talking about Mary and Jesus. Because it's beholding the glory as of the only begotten of the father. Talking about only begotten the resurrected Christ. Full of grace and truth. So Jesus fullness was grace. That grace. The synonym for it is the fullness of God. So when you are under grace is when the fullness of God starts to manifest in you by God and not your own power. That's grace. So we beheld is the fullness of jesus we beheld the glory of god the glory of jesus as the only begotten so the the glory the express image the light that shines out of jesus called the grace of jesus is actually the fullness of god that has now being incarnated into human flesh the man jesus that is called grace so if you want to know what grace looks like Grace is the fullness of God in a human body called Jesus. And now the scripture goes on and it says, Of his fullness <laughs> we have received and grace God on our bodies now for or because of God in the body of Jesus glory to god i tell you man i can understand why some of these pentecostals get that what you call a pentecostal or holy ghost fit they start to run and jump that's how i feel i I just really i'm very happy for this message i'm very happy i'm happy for this truth (laughs) glory to god you know if if you say the name jesus and you say any of these other political leaders names in south africa it's like mentioning, I mean, when you name their their names and my future and what God has got for me, if you mention their name next to the name of Jesus, it's as good as you've said nothing. It just means nothing <laughs> in the light of what's taking place here. John comes and he says, before the world was, there was a promise that God had and he made everything with by this promise, with this promise in mind, He created everything, and then this promise became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we saw what God has promised us. We see that God has promised God in the in in human flesh, and as we behold this glory, we saw the grace of God. We saw His fullness, the fullness of God bodily, and we. Call this grace and we of his fullness have received. We have received God's God on our flesh because of God on the flesh of Jesus, whom he made Lord and King and Messiah of this earth. Hallelujah. (laughs) You know what? Let me put it this way and just to make it relevant for now and for what's going on in countries that needs it relevant for them for now i don't care who raised rises to power as long as what jesus was raised from the dead that is of very little, little significance in the greater scheme of things i behold and those who have grabbed a hold of jesus to um, who has received him as their leader, who has received him as their Lord, who has received him as the one that gives them life to them. He has given the power and the authority to have their life, to have God on their flesh, giving birth to God in them. To those who have not received that fully, but also receives other things, they have the right and the power to have those other things give birth to their emotions, give birth to what is going on in their lives. (laughs) Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. When they heard this in the early church, I mean, they were overwhelmed. They were saying, God has gifted us with life. They were so blessed with the gift that God has given them. They were so overwhelmed by this power that they started to care for the widows and the orphans. Those who had extra land basically said, listen, man, I've got so much land. What is it for me to... My life does not consist anymore in the abundance of my possessions, but my life consists in God on my flesh, bringing me eternal life. Let me help some folk. That's what they did. That's what they did. Hallelujah. But that I'm not... uh, uh, trying to promote communism that is not what it was those people still owned a lot of stuff but there was something that the the people in Acts said that the gift that came to them their assurance of life their assurance that they are cared for their assurance that God has blessed them that they are not governed and ruled anymore by the, the 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 people of that world and their systems but that they were bodily standing under grace which is called God on human flesh they were so set free that they had a love inside them that they cared for others hallelujah if you have not listened to my message that i preached last week go and listen to them go and listen to it where it talks about the leaven of herod do you know a little bit about that herod built the he, he he expanded the temple he was a king be- just before jesus came and he expanded temple he's still known today you get uh the herodian style of building in um in building styles i mean he's, he was just so extravagant he built things so beautifully he extended the temple he built something for god so big but he also built three temples for caesar wherein there was caesar worship herod tried to have it all the sides instead of just believing in god he was playing the game with caesar trying to get the kingdom his kingdom to advance by also amalgamating the two mixing things together well you have to go and listen to last week's message i just feel that the empty grave thunders the rulership of christ over our lives it thunders the end of human willpower when we try to make things work where we can come and we are beholding the grace the fullness of jesus and of his fullness have we received what was his fullness we beheld his fullness it was grace and then the truth truth means uh truthfulness and the real thing the real, 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 real thing. No more shadow, nothing. The truth of what God had in mind. We beheld the truth, John said. We beheld the fullness of God bodily. We, we beheld the express image of God in a human body. And as we beheld this grace the fullness of the Godhead in a human body. We of the fullness of the Godhead in a human body received God on our bodies by Jesus pouring out the spirit on our flesh. And as he is conquering sin in our flesh, we are finding love and peace and joy and kindness and goodness and all those things manifesting in our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Oh man, this makes me so so happy. Okay, let us just go back to Colossians and just read it again. Colossians 1, 16. Sorry, not one sixteen, two, eight. Now, listen to the warning that Paul has here. Beware. Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the basic principles by which we all know this world works, and not after Christ. When he says Christ here, when Paul says Christ, he's talking about Lord. He's talking about Jesus being the Lord of the earth. He's talking about Jesus who started his ministry at the beginning of the gospel. Go and read Mark there, go and Luke, o oh, Theophilus, I want to write to you about go and read. Luke there, Acts 1, about the things I did write to you about the beginning of Jesus' ministry, but he's continuing in his ministry. So Jesus' ministry began. He was born. he You know, he walked on the earth. He did certain things. Then he died. Then he was raised. And now Acts is about the continuation of Jesus' physical ministry on the earth, which will end in the glory, glorious explosion of all things into immortality by god's fullness on this earth through the man jesus christ paul's when he says don't let any man spoil you through philosophies because they were philosophies and they were traditions of men whereby they ran the things of this world and he says don't let that let them spoil you through the rudiments rudiments means uh, the root principles of this world and not after christ where you say Christ is Lord. Don't be spoiled by that. Now listen to what he's saying, because what they were teaching is that you are not good enough just as you are as a believer in Jesus. You in your flesh need more things. You need to submit to the Jewish customs. So people came. They said, "Okay, you believe in Christ, you believe in Jesus." But then they thought, "Well, these Christians—they're very loving, good folk." But we can now get them for our own gain. And what happened? Go and study Colossians for yourself, man. Go and study Galatians. Go and study Ephesians. You find certain people groups. Come, and they thought, "Let us see if we can win this group for ourselves as well." And then the Pharisees came, and they said, "Well, listen, guys, you now." we want you basically to back us but we're not going to say it that way what we're going to say is yes you believe in jesus but we're going to show what you lack and then we're going to offer that as well and then by what we offer as well you're going to become complete and paul said don't let them do that for in jesus in christ dwells the fullness of the godhead bodily and you Who have Christ, who have the Spirit of Christ, you are complete in Him, which are the head of all principality and power. So, what they came is they tried to sell principality and power. We see principality and power as demon powers no he was not talking about that he was talking about the 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 influence of the pharisees the influence of the judaizers the influence of the Herodians, the influence of uh, um, the the sadducees and all these people with their groups and their plans on how to make things work he says listen man don't be cheated by these folk." You believe in Jesus. In him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You believe in him and you will see how he organizes things. Glory to God. Isn't that beautiful? <clears throat> he says, and you are complete in him. Fulfilled in him. Filled. Let us read the Greek here. To make replete. That is to crammed into a net, to level up, to be full, to make full, to fill up, to fill to the full, to cause to abound, to furnish or supply liberally. I abound. I am liberally supplied to render full, to be completed by God, man. Glory to God. How do we see this kingdom manifest in the earth? We see it according to John, people hear it and they grab Jesus man. Then things happen. That's how it works. The grace is for all and upon them that have believed. And don't let anybody come with their thing of certain certain... Authorities and principalities and spoil you through the basic principles on which this whole world runs. That is what he says. Through philosophy. Don't be uh, uh um, you know, through the sciences of this world, the skillful art of this world. Don't let it cheat you, man. Don't let it cheat you. You can be happy right now. Right now, especially I want to say to our South African, South African friends, you can be happy right now, man. Yes, but Bertie, you know, you, you don't know what's going on in the world. Maybe we should not know so much about what's going on in the world. But we should be go, know what's going on in the heavens which, from which rulership we live in this world. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are the one from where all et- that is eternal flows. Hallowed is your name in my life. Your kingdom come into my life. That is the acceptance of Christ. And we pray it every day. We continually accept that. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Today, I daily meditate upon the body. Give us this day our daily bread. I daily, you daily give me Jesus. I daily accept Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And from this Jesus, I acknowledge that there is no more such a thing as Jew and Gentile. I forgive. I see a separation of me and other people from the enmity, which was the law. And we live in the abundance of the rule of Jesus Christ. We are the heirs of the kingdom. We're the heirs of the fullness of God. And even this whole earth belongs unto us. And we're not going to try and take what is already ours with power. We wait until the day of the resurrection of Christ. And in the meantime, right now, we live under the rule of the spirit on our flesh. Acts chapter 2. Man, Peter nailed them. (laughs) Here, they're in the upper room. Jesus pours out the Holy Spirit on flesh. That means Jesus is still working in the earth today. He pours out the Spirit on all flesh. They start to preach the gospel in every language. The question they asked, and this is the right question which we also should ask, what does that mean? What does that mean? Some said no, they're drunk. Peter says, man listen, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Maybe if it was four you could have you know some people are already drunk at that time or six in the evening, the some are drunk, but this is nine in the morning. These people are not drunk as you supposed. but this is Jesus, that has poured out the Spirit on these people. And let me tell you about this Jesus, this is the dude whom you guys killed. But God raised him from the dead and put him at the right hand of God, where this human has now rulership over all that is physical as God has it. Glory to God. <laughs> They were cut to the heart. What shall we do? Be baptized into his name. What does that mean? I accept him as Lord of heaven and physical earth. And you shall receive from the fullness of the Godhead bodily on your flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that absolutely awesome? You shall receive of his fullness upon your flesh. And they did it. And the Bible says, these people, if you go and read Acts, they were changed, man. They were made new. And from that day on, all that it was about is keeping your eyes On Jesus and only Jesus. Glory to God. It says here, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, which are the head of all powers, man. In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the putting off of the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Oh, Glory to God. <laughs> Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, was circumcised from a mortal body in which there could be temptation all that and we now as we see the fullness in of the godhead in jesus bodily in the resurrection we are beholding the grace of god and as we see this fullness and we accept it we re, we are receiving grace because of this grace because jesus was raised we are now being graced and we are being circumcised From the deadness of our flesh. And that is how the fruit of the Spirit manifests in our lives. Glory to God. Like I used to say. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and see how high you can get. Hallelujah man. This is the good news of Jesus. I want to end off with this. I want to open and read. I'm going to just take this. This is going to be quicker. Let us go to uh, Galatians chapter 1. Paul an apostle, not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ. And God, the father whom he raised from the dead and all the brethren which are with me. Then he goes on. He says, grace to you. Grace be to you. Grace to you. The power of the fullness of God on human flesh because Jesus is Lord to you. Then you go to Ephesians and he starts out. Grace be to you hallelujah isn't that powerful grace be to you ephesians then you go to philippians 1 verse 2 grace be to you we are graced we have received grace the fullness of god on human flesh because of the fullness of god on human flesh in jesus and so we have been circumcised from sin in the flesh and his name is above all power and all principalities glory to god that's why as for me I'm just say as for me i'm not very much concerned who is the next political leader for jesus is lord i believe it with all my heart i believe it submit myself to it and as I behold the fullness of the Godhead bodily and I don't mix that with anything I find that comes to my life and I find peace and joy and love in me and I know whosoever accepts that knowing it's above all power and all principality and it cannot be overthrown it cannot be managed by people pushed out by people nothing As those who believe that, they find the same. And that is how we see the world come to a change, by people believing this message. So let us not water it down. Let us preach it. Let us believe it. It is the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to God, man. Glory to God. (laughs) Who can overthrow the kingdom of God? where is rome today i mean they had all their principles they had their leaders they had people thinking we must have this we must where's rome today it's a tourist attraction man it's gone where's the temple That the Herodians were so much about. That where's the temple that the Jews fought for today? Where they thought, let us fight for this thing and keep it pushing it, you know, into the Roman atmosphere here. And, And where's that today? It's gone. And that which people mocked, which they thought was nothing, which was Christianity, where's that today? Let us learn and see what God has done. It's just going to be that way. It's going to continue that way. And we will see the fullness of the glory of God flooding the earth as God has promised. Hallelujah. Well, I think I've said enough. I am so, so happy. Paul starts all his letters. Grace to you. Grace to you. Grace to you. We're preaching the gospel of grace. We are under the grace of God. In Acts, they went and they saw the grace of God. They saw the influence of the resurrected Jesus on human flesh as people's lives were changed. Man, We are under the gospel of grace. It gives us life. Let us accept Jesus as Lord. Amen, amen. Thank you so much that I could serve you with this message today. Grace to you and peace. Peace means quickly. Harmony between you and God and people groups. There's no more Jew or Gentile. Hallelujah. One flesh before God. Grace to you, my friend. God bless.